Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Bias Football Takes. This should be our, I think, 12th episode. Uh, I'm riding alone today, but I'm not alone. Obina is not around, but I'm not necessarily riding alone. I have a UFA representative on our show today. <laughs> <laughs> Mamus is coming back on the show, and we have a lot of things to discuss. I had to drag him on the show today because he's, he's in the... Where in where now? Oh, right now I'm in, I'm in Lisbon, Portugal. Ah, this guy, just everywhere. Just, just touring the whole, of, the whole of Europe, man. I want to be uh, like you. The weather here is so nice. I said, let me just come here. So, is just it warm there? Yeah, it's warm, of course. It's always warm here. It has this African kind of weather. Wow. Oh, yeah. I see. Portugal, Spain. It's like similar weather. This is why uh, footballers love to go to Spain. Oh, no wonder Brazilians love that place. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Uh, okay, give me give me an idea. If I want to, <laughs> if I want to look kids outside the US, I'll just I'll try to get to you. How about France? France not France, no, France, cold is, too, France right? is a bit cold. Why? But it's not far from Portugal, though. The reason why a lot we have a lot of um, how do they call them? Is it digital nomads? They come okay. here. Okay. Yeah, people who work from home. They like coming here to live and. Do their jobs, oh, you know, that makes because sense. of the weather. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that's yeah. that's good now. Okay, that's, that's something in that. That's something I will, I will. If if I'll consider it, I mean, I plan to travel probably next year to travel a few places, and I think, I mean, I've not really had, I've not really come up with a good list yet, like a concrete list of places I want to go to. But this this oh, motivates okay. me, especially yeah. during this winter period more. I want to run away from this school. I don't like cold, cold man. Yeah. I don't like cold. Are you watching any any show recently? Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Nothing? Ah, uh-uh. why now? Bro, I've kind of been busy. I don't really have that time. Guy, relax now. I take time to relax. <laughs> ah, just nah. watch something. Relax. So that means that you're telling me you don't have any plans for the festive period. Ah, uh, I'm working, actually working on Christmas Day. And you'll pay you extra for that now. <laughs> of course, but I'm working. It's not nice working on Christmas. <laughs> uh, this year, nah, last year I had a lot of, like, love. Um, I had break last year during the Christmas period, but this year it's a little bit different for me. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, for obvious reasons now. For obvious yeah, reasons. Of course. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I hear that you guys alternate people who work on certain holidays. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I mean, I'm, work, I'm, working, I'm, I'm working on Christmas. I'm not working on New Year. Uh, New, so Year oh, okay. on, New Year, they're not working on Christmas. Uh, you see, yeah. these are one of the few things that we don't consider as immigrants because we don't necessarily have family in our adopted country. So working on Christmas Day, you might not really it's feel not, it like it's that. It's not feeling exactly. Yeah. yeah, true. Imagine imagine those days in Lagos or yeah. whatever you, you live there and I say, come and work on Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah. Everybody's partying. Everybody has gone to go and wear their Christmas clothes. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> on those days. <laughs> yeah. ah, this time, around this period, we're fighting your tailors. Say, half an hour. Where my Senegal? You know how so many Senegal? <laughs> I mean, it's, that, that was that was really dope, man. So yeah. I, I'm so this I asked about if you are watching any show recently. I'm, so I just finished watching one particular show. It's titled Carol and End of the World. Ah, okay. okay. It's on Netflix. I, I think I I heard about it, but I haven't checked it out. Yeah, yeah on Netflix. Yeah, so yeah. so there's one particular episode where father and son went on a trip, and the guy did. 
a mixture of like snacks. You know this uh, mixed. What do you have there? Mixed, oh, okay. Yeah, mixed uh, snacks. I, I think that's, that's my best episode because the guy had like, he had like a template, sweet. So for, he had sweet, he had sour, he had salty, he had bitter and umami. So for sweet, he had sweet and savory, he had popcorn. So you see that's the base. Then mm-hmm. you have salty, so something like crunchy nuts, crunchy, like, like say when, when you're eating, you need speed bumps. You need something speed to bumps. Yeah. Yeah. Speed bumps. So corns, wafers, Corn nuts. Then for sour, you have the chewy gummy bears. So give that sour uh-huh. taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. okay. Then for bitter, you know, I chose dark chocolate. <laughs> dark chocolate bitter. Okay. Uh-huh. Then for umami, I don't know what that means. I need to go and search what that means. Umami, he used Doritos. For that Doritos, he, he, he smashed Doritos. So it became like powdery. You now mix everything together. So for people that want to binge watch shows during this period, during this festive period, that's that's a good snack, snack uh, mixture or snack mix that you can eat eat during your your binge watching oh, yeah. the shows. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, lucky for me, I'm taking the whole week off next week, so I just uh, I'm thinking maybe I might just double into that. Lucky, lucky. <laughs> I just try it out. But yeah, that's but I, I won't say it's unfortunate because it'll pay extra. You get. I think is it um eight hours extra on no, that day? Yeah, it's like two hundred percent. So what it means? Oh, like whatever you're supposed to end that day, you get times two. Times two, yes, yes. Because yeah. I remember when I was working as a monitoring engineer, yeah. and those days, yeah, we are right times two. But yeah, yeah. people people always run away anyways. I'm like, I mean, I work like <laughs> it's money. Yeah, I work. No, the thing is, like, if you don't really have much plans, you don't mind. It's yeah. when you have, like you said, family around, like, yep. it's okay. no, yeah, but yep. me, I don't mind. Like, don't mind. Yeah. That's not just that people that have families last, cannot do. Last last year Christmas, I worked half day because my shift was like from night to midday. Oh, midnight to midday. Then from the workplace. I took flight to Germany to meet a friend. So it was uh, just like from walk to the airport, airport flight, three uh, hours. And I was in Germany. I went to meet my friend. It was the bottom part of the food <laughs> <laughs> that you met. Because <laughs> I got there very late. Ah, very but it's better. At least I stayed Christmas right. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> my Christmas too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can look up with some friends. I can eat Christmas food. Well, we'll see. If not, I'll just be at home. I'll just chilling. Anyways, um, let's talk football. So today we have a few a few things to discuss. In our usual fashion, we'll discuss the weekend review, the last weekend of games, the round of games. Then we'll discuss uh, Alonso and Bayer Leverkusen because those people are doing really well. Yeah. And we'll touch on the Girona. Most, the most yeah. informed team in Europe right yes. now. Yeah, we'll, talk on, we'll touch on Girona. Then we will discuss. As I mean, that's we will not. We cannot end this show without talking about Syria. So we will discuss Syria. Then uh, the main talking points today will be the Super League and what what are the ramifications and what it means to we as fans, clubs and owners and regulators. I, I won't call them regulators, but I call them association because people yeah. sometimes don't know that these people are associations. There are people that. Came together as agreement, not like they they are bound by those regulations. 
for just for you know so that there'll be no chaos. That's why you have those things in place. Then you have our weekend re- um, preview. So yeah. So um, last there was a game that was played today. We'll, we'll just touch on that. Uh, when the game was played before the recording that we're doing right now, Crystal Palace Brighton was one one. I, oh, I saw part okay. of that game and it wasn't. It wasn't a. I wasn't. It wasn't an interesting game. It was just one of those games that you feel two, but two mid, two mid table games. Um, teams just trying to, uh, trying to fight, try to figure each other out. But I'll start from the first one, which is Nottingham Forest Spurs regular game, um, two zero. Then on Saturday, uh, and when this that happened, Bournemouth Luton. The captain had an incident and he had to postpone the game. But before before the game was abandoned, it was 1-1. Then Chelsea-Sheffield, 2-0. Man City-Crystal Palace, 2-2. And that crazy game. Newcastle-Fulham, 3-0. Burnley-Everton, 2-0 or 0-2. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, we had Arsenal-Brighton, 2-0. Brentford, Aston Villa, 1-2-2-1. Aston Villa won that game. West Ham, Wolves, 3-0. West Ham won that game. Then we had the game of the weekend, or game of the round. Liverpool, Manchester United, 0-0. So which of these games do you think, or which of the games did you uh, pick your interest that you find interesting? Uh, yeah, which was I paid more attention to the Man United uh, Liverpool, Liverpool game. game. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that game. It ended zero zero. Uh, but the scoreline was, I would say, the scoreline favored Man United. Yeah, because Liverpool were very dominant in the game. Uh, but I think they have the, the only problem was them taking their chances. They had a lot of yeah. chances, mm-hmm. but they couldn't take their chance. They had almost expected goals of about 2.66, yeah, mm. for that game. So they should at least score up to three goals in that game, but they couldn't. And mm. I think it had more to do with the the uh, Liverpool players missing chances and the heroics of the goalkeeper that day. Because I can't remember, recall Unana making making any save a big save yeah any yeah so uh, Liverpool players were disappointed you saw the interview with uh, <laughs> Van Dijk and they were really really disappointed and I think the the the, the anger from that game uh, West Ham during the midweek yeah got they were, they, were, they were slammed they were smashed by this Liverpool team so yeah, yeah. but it's a good result for Man United going to Anfield to to get a draw, it's in a normal season that's a good result. But this season, because of the poor performance in previous games, uh, people are still skeptical about the performance uh, or the, the or the scoreline or the scoreline. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I, I think first things first. I think Klopp knows his team, and he knows it. it that that's probably the first time he's been truthful, in my opinion, in how he. He assessed his team because before the game, you remember 
when they interviewed him, they were like, oh, this is the best time to play United. You know, United yeah. are down. And he said, no, this is fool. Like, don't don't think it'll be easy and easy game for us. And But I, I think he made a mistake for himself. And you know, you can tell. You can tell from the reaction. He probably did not prepare his team well. Or he did, but his team, his players did not listen to him. Because there's no way his players would have listened to him and they came out with that kind of reaction. Because they felt, in their mind, they felt, oh, United is, is trash. You can beat them. And it kind of, it was, it was, it became smashed eggs on their faces because I feel the game on, on the surface, on, on looking at it on the surface, I feel the Nag learned lessons last season and decided to, like, you know what, this, in this game, let us contain every, every situation. Let's see how we can just build from our back for, forward. Don't let them score us. Or if they score us, we need to score them. But if they don't score us, we don't score them. It's really a good game. Nobody loses, just take a draw and go home. And I kind of appreciate that. Even though in in grand scheme of things, it might not be nice to see. But we are, we have to be truthful about where United is right now, where our level right now. So I I, I mean I'll take the draw. Before the game, I predicted that Liverpool was gonna beat us. Maybe not smash us when I said like two one, but a lot of Liverpool fans were like, "Oh, not smashing, but five zero. I'm like, "You're saying not smashing, but five zero. The way you mean when you flat smash, you see a repetition of last season seven zero. I was like, "Okay, so uh, we did we really reacted, and they were just bringing it out of proportion. Like, of course, these people are struggling. Almighty Liverpool that beat them seven zero last season, they were able to draw in at Anfield. Of course, they were kind of like feel good about themselves. I don't know what." Van Dyke is talking about. He's making it just. He's making it. He's showing how poor they are in front of goal. Honestly. Yeah, and another thing too, I will say about that game too. It's uh, my United tends to. I would say play better, but it tends not to concede a lot of goals if they sit back compared to where they attack. I think the problem my United are having. They 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 have a problem from attacking transition to defensive. Uh, transition. Once they are attacking you and the other team try to uh, counter, it's almost like true on goal. There's always yeah. a problem. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, correct. One, the second, they always have a problem with build up from the back. Mm. You see when the goalkeeper having problem with the defenders, they lose passes and if you are a team that sit back and presses them from the front, you, you get press something. them to get mm-hmm. something. Yep. But in the Liverpool game, first of all, the midfielders they started with, none of them are controlling midfielders. Amrabat, uh, uh, Mainun, mm-hmm. uh, Ma- and So it do they are just more of sure the three of them. I see three of them as box to box in my head, like they yeah, just correct. move around. Yeah. yeah, correct. So that day, my United had no intention of building play. <laughs> <laughs> there was no building play, and maybe that was the reason why maybe Liverpool didn't get as much chances as if we expected them to get, even though they had some chances. Yeah, and. Whether I would like it or not, I think Shaw did a good job on Salah. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did. He did he a did. very good job on he Salah. Did. Yeah. So it, it uh, fortunately for my United, the other players, Nunes and Diaz, were they're not as good. Yeah. They're not as good. So the the moment they took out Salah, it kind of made the attack uh, blunt. If yeah. maybe the other guys were as good as Salah or using just fifty percent of Salah, that game would have done that. Uh, different and even my United had their own chance, but sometimes 
and maybe a world class striker in that position might have scored that goal that this guy had. Galacho. The international Holland. It was this okay. boy he had that. Yeah, yeah, that was that one. Yeah. There was that, that one opportunity that Galacho had that he just made a team shot. Yeah, there was, yeah, exactly. You can score that and it's a different game entirely. Yeah. But this is football for you. Yeah. I don't know. Normally, when you're having bad results and you get that kind of result at Anfield, you feel motivated. But this right. is United, you can't even predict. <laughs> you can't even you predict. Know, you, know what, you, know, you know what you're getting in this game? Like, we're playing West Ham now. And I'm like, I'm not sure. Cause, and it's going to be... And West so Ham just lost 5 Yes, 5-1. Five, one. Five, one. And, and you'll be thinking, like, okay, uh, no, could, could, it, I see, I see, could you scoring? I see, could you scoring at least one goal in that game? Like, at because least. I, I don't expect West Ham to go and attack the way Liverpool attack, they won't, you know, they're they not won't. going to attack my United. So, if my United do the build up and everything, West Ham can cause problems for them. Yeah, could yeah. do something. I know yeah. he's going to do something. He's going to scratch this one goal or assist. I know that one for sure. Yeah. So I know that one represents it, it's a big problem, and I, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why uh, Tenaga has not been able to solve that because no matter how you talk about players and everything, that's more of a tactical problem. Yeah. It's a yeah. tactical problem which my United have not been able to solve. And until you solve that defensive problem, it's, it's going to be a big issue, both defensive and offensive. My United don't score goals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't score and you don't keep clean sheet. How yes, do you that's crazy. It? It's crazy. Yeah. My United do not score goals, which is. It uh, uh, let me even look. I'm trying to look at the table now. Someone was telling um, me something. My United has scored only 18 goals this yep. season. Yep. So let to tell you how bad it is, they've only scored more goals than one, two, three, four. Four teams in Premier League. Hmm. That's a bad for a club like Manchester United. United. So let, 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 let me give an, an interesting stat. Someone told me yesterday, I, I, I need to go and confirm. Someone told me yesterday that Onana has faced over 80 shots. <laughs> it's, pos- it's possible. It's possible. And I'm like, how is it? You know, you know, this was part of the argument I was having when I said there's no reason to sell David De Gea because, I mean, so I understand why you want a ball playing um, goalkeeper, but it's not priority because you need to solve certain things about the team first. When Onana gets the ball and he, he will try to find somebody to pass the ball to, Nobody's opening it for him, so he has to off it up. And when he offs it up, you can count the amount of times where the person that is passing the ball to is trying to control the ball. And when they try to control the ball, they don't control it properly, you end up giving it back to the opponent. So, what's the point of, okay, of having let, a, let, a goalkeeper that can pass the ball? Yeah. Now, if you look at the number, the, the statistics I'm looking at here, I think my United bigger problem is scoring than even considering. Yes, because, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because my United in the league have considered 21 goals, which I feel like okay, it's it should, it's much, but it's not that much when you compare since City have considered 20, even the Aston Villa we are saying that in good form have considered 21 this week. My United, it's just Arsenal, Liverpool that have something a little more bit goals, less, yeah. mm-hmm. which is at 15. And you when you come to goal scoring, the only teams my United have scored more goals than I'm gonna just look at the caliber of the teams. Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton, Nottingham Forest, and that's all. Four teams, and those four teams are the bottom, uh, bottom uh, teams. championship teams. So, so we have a champion. You have championship form. 
exactly. Skills. Now, our striker, now we can say our attack is a championship attack. <laughs> so, let me ask a question. Let me ask a So, for the attack, right, that's kind of like a difficult thing. No, no, not it's difficult, but I feel like that can be resolved. But, you know, right now, managers kind of tell players where to be on the pitch, stay here, stand here, you know. Are you telling me that for our defensive phase, that involves from the midfield to the defence to the to the goalkeeper. I tell him that Tenag is not doing well in terms okay. of telling when the, where the I players think, need to be. The, I think the attack the attack is a bit tricky, and I'll explain why. Most coaches right now in Europe don't coach attack. Exactly, don't. Yeah, they they coach from defensive, the defence shape, trying to keep your shape, do the midfield, the passing, build up, and everything. Then the attack, they let the players individual express uh, themselves. Express themselves. There was this. I think I've seen some interviews of a lot of players who say like they never coached attack. If you have a partner, for example, maybe you are your striking partner, or your wing partner with a striker. In training, you guys build naturally build that connection in mm-hmm. training. Like okay, mm-hmm. if I'm going left, you go right. Go right, left, yeah. Right, you go left. Mm-hmm. These are things you do as players. You understand? You don't need the coach uh, input. You understand I mean, as, yourself. As a, as a top, as a professional, you should... As we, a professional, We play, yeah. we play pick-up games that we play with random people that we've never seen in our life before. And we yeah. form that partnership. We form that partnership. I think now, the problem at Manchester United, I think there's a lot of problem in that attack. First of all, many of the players, the top players, when you talk about Marshall, Rashford, they've lost form. Secondly... There is too much. Uh, I think there's ego among themselves there, where everybody's playing for themselves. Because one of the I don't know how true it is, but one of the problem I keep hearing like people they don't create for this new striker. They don't. No, no, for you, they don't. They don't. So you start asking, why is Rashford not doing the job? Is it that Rashford wants to be the number nine? And see a new number nine is like no. Why? Why is somebody doing the number nine job when I'm here? But but Rashford they, said Rashford said he doesn't want to play as number nine. So what is the problem? I don't know. They don't create for him. Everybody is trying to be individualistic. So let me give another interesting interesting stat. Anthony and Ganacho combined have only passed both to that young young man ten times. <laughs> Do you know how crazy that is? Yeah. And, and, and so, Online is not a player that would also for the ball and score himself. He has, mm. he, has, he has the potential to do that, but he cannot do that consistently. Consistently, yeah. So, a pass ball to this young man, he can score. That's the thing. I think, I don't know how there was this interview, uh, Van Persie had, just uh, Van Persie, uh, no. There was this interview they had um, during the 2013 season mm-hmm. under Ferguson. When Ferguson bought Van Persie for that amount and he wanted to go for the league, he told Rooney, Scores, uh, Giggs, Giggs, and were like, wherever, anybody that cannot find Van Persie is going to be on the bench. Once I hate, I hate, I hate. for Van Persie. I hate, I hate, I so hate. He tells you, look for this guy. This guy is going to win us the league. Look for this guy wherever you are. Look for him. If you can't, if you can't locate him, you're going to the bench. So wait, uh, sorry to cut you short again. So are you telling me that Tenag is not seeing all these things and he's not 
taking cognizance and saying, okay, these are supposed to be. Probably he's doing it, but the players are not listening to him. And that's then why bench them. That's why Rashford is being benched right now. No, 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 no. So Rashford being benched right now is not because of that, though. Because I can give an example. Foolish McTominay. I'm, I'm sorry to, to, to say this. McTominay had the opportunity to pass the ball twice. And he played short. I'm like, dude, are you all right? Like, you cannot score from here. You don't have the, you don't have the ability to do that. You don't have the growing. You've not done this before. Why are you playing short from this position? It happens back to back in two games. Okay, uh, see, like I said, Man United problems. It's 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 a combination of too many <sighs> factors. First of all, Tenga cannot work in a club that doesn't have structure. Based on his experience, Man United does not have that structure. His mm. his uh, talent identification is very poor. Hundred percent. At Ayers, he had people who could identify the talent. And they kind of helped him, you understand? So they give you the tools to go work with. But now the my United has a bit more free hand to choose which tools you want to work. It's so terrible. Because you can never I can't explain to me how you have Kudus and you have Anthony. And you pick Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> you understand? Mm. These Anyways. are people that played under you. So it means <laughs> that. At Ayers, you felt even at Ayers when you see them in three, you felt Anthony is better than better than. Ah. So it's so not... which so which kind of gives you a, a little bit of understanding of how how you treated certain players who are mm-hmm. now grumbling or left the club. You kind of see why those players be acting that way because you are seeing certain things that people people then didn't understand because I kind of saw it. But I was like, I don't trust this guy. Is that the way he, he reacted to Ronaldo and Anthony? Because Anthony technically did not have positioning with us, but the lie was, oh, he had positioning with Ajax. Yeah. But you and Anthony went straight to the straight starting to level. The, yeah, starting level. Yeah. So what are you doing? Because me, as a manager, I believe you should be consistent. Because I tell you, when you are new, you be consistent on how you you treat players. You don't want anarchy. Because if you are treating a player a certain way. And you're another player another way. There's no way those players will not face some type of way if they're not giving you, if you've not earned their trust. Ferguson can do as he likes. Ferguson will bench Carrick for the whole season till January because he knows Carrick will not play anything until January. Ferguson would, would start Rooney, even as Rooney comes from positioning fat, he'll continue playing him until he gets his form. He gets form because he knows, yeah. He knows, so he has earned that trust, he has earned that way. But you are just coming in new. And yeah, just anyways, let's leave United alone. Let's let's move. Let's move on to <laughs> let's move on to um people that are doing good, people that are doing well. Alonso and Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah, Alonso, Alonso and Bayer Leverkusen. I, it's a very I'm not surprised, but I was not expecting them to be this good. Mm. Because if you watch them last season, they were inconsistent, but you could see what he was trying to do to do yeah yeah you could see it he had a plan every time i watched them a lot of time last season i was like okay this guy this guy with better players might do something problematic yeah yeah and i think one of the one of the key signings he made during the summer was this free uh, not free pong our boy boniface boniface Mm. it kind of changed the the team now the the good thing about Boniface, because I've watched him a lot, 
it's not even a cl- it's not a classic number nine. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not your classic number nine. It's a, more of a number ten. Yeah. And so now you have a center forward who knows how to interplay, hold the ball. He's strong. He knows how to hold. He knows how to move with the ball, pass the ball around, and he fits the Alonso uh, style style of play. Mm-hmm. They have a striker, Piatek, who is more of a just a striker without the so. But because Boniface bring more into the game, that Piatek, that's why he's starting over uh, Piatek. What about Sheik? No, is it Piatek or Chick? Oh, Chick. Chick. Ah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he played Chik. yesterday. Yeah. 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 He scored that trick yesterday. Yeah. Chik. Yeah. 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 I always confuse both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you for that. Yeah. Chick. So, but Chick is more of like an out. Out and out striker. Out, out and out striker. striker. Yeah. 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 So, Boniface so far, his form has been good. It, you know, sometimes people, when they come from other league to to a new league, they start. Some people don't start well and build up. Some people start very well and, and they, they, they feed off. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I can tell you that from August to now, every month he's scoring. Um, if he's not scoring, that's one good thing about him. If he's not scoring, he's assisting. If you look at Bayer Leverkusen games, if you go check the people who score, if you don't see Boniface, go and check the people that assist. Is there? So he's bringing something to the team. The only problem I have now is I don't know how long Bayer Leverkusen will be able to hold on to those their players because I expect a lot of big clubs coming for their players during the summer. I don't know if they're going to win the league. I don't know if they have the stamina to push this to the end, but I feel like they are going to finish top four, which is back to Champions League. And... The biggest problem Bayer Leverkusen might actually face might not be the players, is how to hold or keep Alonso as a manager. Right. I was about to say, like, yeah. players are players will come and go. Is that manager that's the how do you hold coach? this guy? Because you are not a big club. When the big clubs come, he's gonna to want to coach the big ones, the Real Madrid, the Paris Saint Germain. And to be City. honest, to be honest, there are a lot of big clubs right now that I know by next summer they might <laughs> they, no, they would so that they might they would okay. they would need a new manager. PSG is not uh, this guy has not done something spectacular at PSG so far. And once Mbappé leaves, I fear for PSG, to be honest. They are done. Yeah. Uh, Wait, can, can, I, can I rant a little bit about, about PSG? Just a little. Okay. So, PSG, my God. So, Mbappé is playing... You know, there was a, when uh, Neymar was there, Neymar would be close to the close to their boxing team, getting the ball yeah. and trying to drive forward. Yeah. Trying to bring the team around. That's what Mbappé is doing right now. And when Mbappé does all the work... He has done everything. We now give them lay a nice pass to either Moani or Dembele. And those two guys, my God, they are so horrible. Like sometimes I'll be like, no, I will understand if, if I hear in the news that Mbappe fought in the dressing room. Especially in that, that Champions League match against Dortmund. My God, what does he want this guy to do? He did everything right. He give them pass, do everything. And those guys do not do anything about it. And if he doesn't come back, nobody could give him the ball. So he has to come and do the work for these other two guys who are supposed to be goal scorers. So if if he leaves next season, that's the end. It's the end. It's the end. Because the end. I watched them and the reason the only person that is playing like 
it's Mbappe. I don't know. There's a problem. The loss of quality in that team is. It's just. Ah, it's just. It's horrible, man. It's horrible. I, honestly, but, this next round, to, I don't. I don't think they'll do anything this next round. To be, to be honest, if Mbappe even leaves and they don't get like maybe a world class player to replace a very world class player, they might never win the French league again. It's that it's bad. That that bad now. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad now. But like I said, I what we're talking about the the, the but of course at PSG the managers are always the one that they also fight now. Yeah, so fight. So we have PSG, we have uh, Real Madrid. Real Madrid, Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. are good. Ancelotti is doing a good job, but I think Ancelotti is more of like okay, after Real Madrid job, he's gonna retire because of his age and everything. So and Alonso played for Real Madrid, so they will be looking at Alonso as a long-term uh, manager. Manager, considering Baka and Javi the way they have their own. Now he's doing, he's doing pick fully that place. Then when, <laughs> then when you come to Premier League, pick fully. Pochettino <laughs> so far has not really stamped himself with the Chelsea team because. To be honest, I feel like the profile of Chelsea players and the profile of Bayer Leverkusen is almost similar. It's very similar, yes. Very yeah. similar. But very similar. Puck so far, I don't know. He hasn't been able to... It's not the puck we know as sports. And also, should not come to Chelsea. Oh, uh-huh. should not come. Oh, no. Let him... So, for Alonso... Ah, no, no, no. We'll continue. He should not come then to Chelsea. Then, if Pep... Pep is... I feel like nobody's going to sack Pep. I feel like Pep is the kind of guy that might just wake up one morning and say, okay, he's tired. Uh, he's tired. He wants to take a sabbatical. You know how he does his things. And then City might and then City might go for him. And the Manchester United <laughs> is possible uh, for them like, to like, go like, for. Like, like, but like. the only problem is the Liverpool uh, uh, this thing has it doesn't really matter. It's, it's Spanish, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't yeah. really matter. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. But if it was the manager, avoid Manchester United 100%. 100%. But you know, another thing with this new guy that is coming, Ratcliffe, they might be able to convince, like, okay, it's something different now. So when I say that, I'm hearing story that he wants to make McTominay captain. Please, let's be serious. Have you seen the people that are lining up? They're lining up to take over from Etenag if they sack him. You know, okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you the problem with Manchester United. Manchester United need to finish top four. People used to say Manchester United have money, but if you stop going to, if you are missing Champions League every two years, yep. And with the wages, the wages you have of your players, then you start having problem uh, uh, getting. High quality, like yep. paying for the fee, and they yep. expressed it last summer because it, the money. Much I don't know how to explain. You are not getting money from owner. The money is what the club generates, and you want to keep to financial fair play. And you have a lot of players with big wages. Big, yeah, yeah, like it's so. You either you have to clear those wages, or you have to get a manager that can use what the club has right now. To bring out results, isn't isn't that what this guy is doing? Etanag is doing right now. He's, he's having issues with people with big big wages. Yeah, <laughs> he's having issues with the big wages, and it's a big problem. It's really mm. a big problem. Like I said, Ten Hag, Ten Hag. Uh, uh, I don't. I, to be honest, my United structure is a big problem because last season when Caraga was complaining about 
Casimiro. Casimiro is a fine player. You understand? He's a fine player. But I always believed that 70 million for 30 years old player was never made sense to me. You understand? Because when you get to that age, you only depreciate. You only go down, yeah. You go down. Your value goes down. And then your value goes down, you start having injuries. And now in this season, you see like the injuries are too much. Of course, it's aging. And if you know, Brazilians are... I don't want to say they are like Africans have uh, uh, football age, but I feel like they also have their own. It's not a country I can trust their age. <laughs> because why I say that is because I noticed that once Brazilians was in the East 30s, the way they drop, oh, not people Brazilians, South Americans, the way they drop once they eat 30, it's very, very. I mean, surprising. I mean, if they're 30, it's not easy now. We see European players playing good at 30. Yeah, but even us that we are, we are not sportsmen, when we wake up in the morning, always play, okay, what is 40 this morning? Like me now, when I go to the gym, my aim at the gym now is like, okay, I, I don't want to get injured today. That's my, that's my aim now yeah. at my age. So, okay. yeah, yeah, age. It's not easy, oh. Even me right now, I can tell you that I don't have that same energy I had five years ago. Exactly. Yeah, if you go to the gym now, you ah. see people in their 20s lifting like this guy's out for the energy and you, your, your knees are already <laughs> giving you <laughs> Yeah, you know I that. Just watch it, no matter how you look to strong, you know mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. yeah. You tell. So, yeah, you're right. You're right, but like I said, it goes them like it should be a gradual process. Even diet still comes to play. Diet, yeah, comes diet. To play. Mm-hmm. So, so there are a lot of factor, uh, factors, and Brazilians are not the best at keeping their body like taking care right. of their body. Right. So they are not the best because mm-hmm. of their society and their culture and lifestyle. Yeah. Lifestyle too. So I think that's one of the problem. Yeah, but wait, wait, wait. Kaka that was man of God. Yeah. He still had injury issues. Yeah, Kaka did. Even Kaka, once the moment Kaka hit thirty, you couldn't see that Kaka again. But, but, but he had injury issues. Yeah, and he wasn't party. He wasn't. He took care of himself. So it's more like maybe it's genetics. Maybe genetics too. Maybe diet or something. Genetics, yeah, genetics of course. Genetics too. Because I, I cannot tell you Kaka let me, is, let me, Kaka let me is not a model footballer. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going to tell you from the medical angle. Genetically, oh, for, for, for those for those that don't know, that don't know, this man is a medical doctor. So yeah, so I'm going to explain something to you. For we Africans, yeah, when it comes to there are some certain things that they will tell you, oh, Africans are strong. It's not the kind of food we eat, too. It's just genetics. Mm, mm. We they will say black don't crack. Do you understand that statement? Black don't crack. It's not like it's genetics. Mm. If I will give you just, I will explain something to you. Most, I can tell you, most African players increase and uh, reduce their football age. Mm. For example, the Eto's, the drug ban. I think Moreno made a joke of Eto at one point like that. It, was, it sounded like a joke, but we all knew you were saying the truth. He knows. <laughs> if an African, you see Eto playing up to 35, if Eto is telling you he's playing 34, 35, know that Eto is in his 40s already. Wow. Do you understand? But you still see. Even I was saying, which day I was explaining to like, money is 31, uh, the football should be 31, 32. But me, I know that money is almost 35, 36. But, it's but, but wait, 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 wait. For Eto, Eto's situation, Eto played in La Liga from a young age. Yeah, but he was not born in Spain. 
It doesn't matter now. If you, if it's, if it's, okay, I'll, okay. I'll explain some. Eto played at a young age the same as Eric Bai, but we all know that they are older. You, when you, it, it matters. I'll tell you why it matters. It matters because even in your in US, I have a I have a cousin who is into this their their uh, American football, yeah, mm-hmm. and him is way better better than his peers. That even the coach is questioning my uncle, like, "Are you sure you didn't reduce this guy's age?" This guy I'm talking about now is like twelve, was born in the US. We're like, no, wow. this is real age and everything. So until like he showed the best, you guys, oh, you're really born in US, but they believed. Because they always think like once you are African, there's always they always play with this age stuff. You understand? Hmm. And that's why even the Europeans here in Europe, me, I know I see them. You see the coaches here. Once you are African, they don't like you might see it like discrimination or something, but they don't like to put they value you differently because they feel like okay, maybe your age is not correct, or there might be some issues. And the moment is any football and African footballer start eating 30, 31, you see a lot of injuries problems. Mm. For example, Pate. Pate is still good as a footballer, but he can't stay fit. Yeah, of course, his fit. age is coming. But you look at it like, oh, he's just 30. Well, his real age could be 35. A good question, man. So my question for you is, let's, 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 let's do it this way, right? Let me ask you this question. Are you telling me that all Africans, once they eat 30, Right, yeah, they become injury prone, right? No, okay, all that's Africans, one. All Africans in Africa, not all you can't use all, but I would say most. Okay, most African that was born in Africa, yeah, because of age. Okay, so are you not saying most of the footballers, right, that Africans mm-hmm. in Europe learn about their ages? Because you cannot tell me that all of them learn about their ages, okay, because mere fact that once they turn 30, they are. The injuries come to fall. I'll, I'll, like... I'll tell you, I'll tell you because I'll tell you something because I am trying to I'm not that uh, involving myself in some young footballers from Africa that want to play their trade in Europe. Mm. One of the best places for African footballers to start their football is Portugal. Yes, 100 yeah. percent Even 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 Brazilians, they usually go to Portugal. Brazilians, Africans. Uh, they have a lot of, if you go to their clubs, apart from the Benfica Sporting, which is the elite clubs, Braga, if you go to the the same first league, but lower, just try, maybe one of these, they just go, you don't even need to watch the games, you can go and check the players, you see a lot of black players. Mm. They don't have uh, this quota system that you can, you can say this, that now. So Portugal is like always a good starting point for African footballers, yeah. Mm-hmm. But one thing I also notice is, if you are coming from Africa mm-hmm. and you tell them that you are you are coming from Africa and you want to play ball here, you're not going to enter the first team. They will start you from the academy. This is just, this is how it works here. Now, if you are 2021, 20, you're applying your trade in Africa, they are not going to bring you over because if you are way, way older for you to integrate, I don't know if you understand what I mean. Okay. Now, the kind of footballers they want from Africa, they want footballers from Africa, but the kind of footballers they want from Africa from 15, 16, 17. So that by the time they get to 19, 20, they already get used to the style of football year, integrate properly, learn the language, and before you know, you start having like B 
big clubs going after these players. You understand? Mm. But once you are 21, 22, 23, they don't want to. Why? Because these clubs yet don't sign players. I'm even down to Benfica Sporting. They don't sign players because they want to win Champions League. You know? They sign players because of receive value. You have to make money, yeah. Exactly, receive value. Now, you buy a player from Nigerian League, for example, at 21, 22. It's going to take him three years to integrate before he gets into the main team. Then mm. before he starts picking his form, he's already 28. Who buys a player for 28 for a big amount of money? So now, as a Nigerian, you know, like, okay, I'm playing my career, I'm good. I'm 22 years old, but I'm good. I'm 22, but I'm not going, I'm not, it's not possible for me to go to Europe and start for a recognized club mm. because of my age, what do I do? I have to reduce the age. So a 22-year-old can tell you he's 16 just to get more opportunity and more playing uh, career. Because if you are coming to Europe at 22, 23, it means plus or minus you have only 10 years to play football. Where if you come at the age of 16, plus or minus you have 16, 17 years to play football. Hmm. So this is a problem because I've seen a lot of guys that I know they are re-age. I know one of them, you know he's re-age, but do, the way they do it in Nigeria is very easy. Very, very easy. You don't even need to spend a lot to reduce your passport age and everything. Hmm. And that's it. You see people, they even, even the, the, the agents, to tell you how this, the agents actually advise them to do it. Even, even, if, even if the agent is European, you, um, of course, the agents are Europeans. They are the ones telling you, like, oh, the only way, if you want to get a good club, want to get a good, a good contract and everything, you have to reduce your age. That's interesting. There's this guy playing for second division. He's a Nigerian guy. He's really just 22, but he's playing for under 17. Hmm. Yeah, I know he goes, we go to the same church and everything. But he's playing, he's even one of the best uh, Player in the academic team. Of course, you're gonna be best player now. Your <laughs> thinking is different. Imagine exactly. Your thinking is different, and you're almost at your peak because is the physically is strongest footballer yeah. in the in the in that in that. Uh, of course, this is fast. Is strong. Yeah, he's doing everything right, but he can. I don't think he can play the first team. Mm. at his age but he can play. This. So by the time he gets to, you understand, 25, 26, then they promote him to the first team. They tries to see what he can, he can do. So, yeah. because of the kind of football, uh, we don't have a proper football structure back in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Even though many yeah, countries are trying to work on that, we don't have that because of that. These footballers to get something better for themselves, they have to reduce. Yeah, they something. Because if they don't do it, they will get good. To be honest, they were not going to get something tangible. Yeah, mm. based on my experience now. Before I used to complain, like, why do people reduce their? But now I understand better. If you want to succeed in Europe, you need to. Inter Milan bought a player from Nigerian League. Uh, there is this Yoruba boy. I don't know. Beniza or something like that. From They bought him from this popular Nigerian club. Um, is it Remo Stars? Remo Stars, okay. Yeah. That's a big move. Going from Remo Street to Inter Milan. Mm. The guy is one of the best him, there's another African guy to Ghanaian guy. I think two of them are the best. Uh, we call them Primavera players, players like just below the first team. Mm. Right? It's their best. I even feel like him is ready for the first team. 
right? Because last season we had a situation where Zaghi played him in cup games and even put him on the bench for cup games. Even when he won the Coppa Italia uh, last year, he was on the bench. He played, I think, a few minutes or a few seconds when he got the medal. You can see the talent is there. So what he's doing now is in that integration process. process. Mm. Going from Nigerian League to Italian League is a big gap. Yeah, it is. But based on what is the what we are seeing in the young team and based on how Inter Milan do their stuff, Inter Milan will never carry a player direct from their lower team straight to the first team. They will send you alone. Oh, it's that is how it works. That's why sometimes when I see Manchester United players doing this, I'm like, I'll just be laughing. They will never, hmm. they will send you on loan. One of the best left back in Syria, Dimako. Dimako went to loan for almost three years in different countries, Switzerland. This before he became, he came back and started playing for the first team. You go on loan, prove yourself in loan. When you prove yourself, you are good, then you come and deserve, then you deserve the first. Wait, is it is it a general thing or only peculiar to Inter Milan? For Inter Milan, yeah, peculiar for Inter Milan. Because okay. I see in Roma is different. You see Moreno giving debut to young players. Inter nah. For I example, mean, Roma Roma doesn't have players now. Quadrado has to... injury right now. He's going for he's going went for surgery. He's going to, he's not going to be available to match. And we're already looking for a replacement. It's not like we don't have wing backs in the academy, but they will never promote from academy. Inter Milan mm. never. That's their own style. That's um, it's it's more of like an old school way of yeah yeah. Morati, they believe in experience, experience, experience. So so experience. Let, let, let's talk about Syria. Let's that's a good good uh, yeah. segue to Syria. <laughs> so first things first, who do you think is going to win the league this season, and who are those that you feel? Have shout. Okay, personally, Inter Milan. I think Inter Milan are strong enough to win the league. I feel like they are the favourites in, in Italy. Mm-hmm. But the, I can't rule out Juventus, and I'll tell you why. Even this guy, uh, Allegri. Allegri has done it before. He has won the league before. He has the pedigree. Whether you people call him like plays Aram football, <laughs> yeah, he plays Aram football. To be honest, Allegri plays Aram. Like, you can't enjoy his football. But he doesn't care. He's very pragmatic. He just wants to get the result. Juventus, too, they are not playing in Europe. So they have this advantage of one game per week. So I feel like Inter Milan are the strongest team. But when the second part of Champions League comes and start playing both midweek, and it, that's where Juventus might have the little bit advantage. But when you talk about the other teams, uh, Napoli, AC Milan... They are not consistent this season to to fight Inter. I think the only club that I'm a bit worried about, based on the club, based on the uh, the matches, the amount of matches they're going to play, and based on the manager pedigree, is uh, Juventus, because Zaga has done a good job, but Zaga has never won the league. I don't know if you understand. He has never won the Serie A title before. He has won other cup games and other titles, but this league he has never. So when it comes to the part where, of course, there's going to be towards maybe after game twenty-five, game thirty, and the pressure is coming in, we would like to see how he's able to handle this pressure. Allegri has done it before, not once, not twice. So it's on a different level. He has done it with two different clubs: with Juventus, with with AC Milan. 
You understand? So a lot of Italian fans or Syria fans are still like, okay, Inter is the strongest team. Zaghi is doing a good job, but we can't rule out Juventus. Then the top four, it's where it becomes a little bit tricky because a lot of the clubs in Italy need to finish top fours to get at least that Champions League money because we all know the financial situation in Italy right now. Normally, we have, I can tell you, we have six. It is a very funny scenario because we have six big clubs, like Premier League, that is fighting for top four. We have the Inter Milan, the AC Milan, Napoli, Juventus, Lazio, Roma, and maybe we can even have Atalanta. So we are talking of seven. But right now, we are just the same way we have uh, uh, um, Alonso in Bayer Leverkusen doing something interesting. In Italy, there is a manager called Thiago Mota, which is doing something interesting too with Bologna. They've, they've not lost to any of the big teams. They are playing well. They are scoring goals. They are not just scoring goals. They are controlling games. If you watch these guys, they, they play like proper football. You understand? I don't know how sustainable it's going to be, but based on the year 2023, Mota has done uh, a very good job at, at uh, Inter Milan. And the funniest thing is, Mota and uh, Alonso all played under Moreno. So they're kind of Moreno boys. So let's see how it's going to be in the second half of the season, though. Uh, those those yeah. managers are Moreno disciples, where they were crying and stopping us about Pep, Pep, Pep disciples. The work of the media. media ah, yes. so, but, but they're actually Moreno disciples because these are players that played like pivotal roles for Moreno. For Moreno and they, yeah. were all, they were all Moreno defensive midfielders. Yes. So my, my question is, so what's happening with... So first question, what position, what position is Bologna right now? They're in the uh, fourth position. Fourth? Wow. So they're really, yeah. really, really throwing spanner in the works of everybody. <laughs> they, 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 they beat Inter Milan yesterday. Wow. Yeah, they removed Inter Milan out of Coppa Italia. Yeah. They beat Roma 2-0 during the weekend, beat Inter Milan yesterday 2-1. Ah, wow. At San Siro. Yeah. They're very, very... Deep. And we've played them earlier this season. We drew with them. We're winning 2-0, they equalize 2-2. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, one thing I wa- I've watched them twice, they are very comfortable with the ball. Mm. No matter how you press them, they, are, they don't panic. Because they one panic, thing they pass around you. Mm-hmm. Inter Milan know how to press you. When you make mistake, they counter you very fast. Very, Zagi plays a very vertical football. Very, very vertical. He doesn't know how to do this. We don't just pass for passing sick. Once we get ball... Yeah, going forward. Even, yeah, very vertical. And because we play with two strikers and two wing-backs... We always have that numerical advantage when with that vertical kind of football. Before you know, we already you are seeing four players against four mm. defenders. I don't know if you understand. Or four yeah, players yeah, yeah, yeah. Three yeah. because of how vertical we play. But these guys, they don't make mistakes. I watch how oh, they don't. So of course we had our chances yesterday. But what I'm saying, like Mota is doing a good job, and if he if he can continue this in second half of the season, though, being we might just see a new face from Italy in Champions League. So my next question is, what's happening to Napoli? Why why are they not in this in this? Because you cannot win the league before, and and the manner in which they won the league, they were consistent, they were playing good football. You cannot just all of a sudden not become 
title contenders okay. Napoli, or even Napoli be situation. The, the Napoli, Napoli situation. You know when people talk about the importance of players, people always talk also. We can never discard the importance of managers. Now that's Napoli situation shows the importance of a good manager. That's why people are blaming. They are not blaming the new managers. They are blaming the president for not being able to hold on to Spalletti. Spalletti. Hmm. Yeah. Spalletti is an exceptional manager. Trust me when I say exceptional. The Inter you see today, before Conte came, it was Spalletti started the, it was like the foundation, you know, mm-hmm. before he passed to Conte, Conte built on it, then Zaghi. Because before then, there was something we call it Paza Inter, like Inter was bad, like we couldn't even finish top four. Spalletti was the one that dragged Inter back to Champions League. Then Conte came and built on it. So Spalletti is a good manager. The guys, uh, Rudy Garcia is not on that level. Spalletti, uh, the new one, uh, what's his name again? Uh, I forgot, is it Mazzari or what is his name? It's not on the same level with Spalletti. So the manager, the managerial differences was playing a big part. Because it's still the same players, the same players. And I won't say the players have lost form. Osimen is still Osimen. Okay, he has injury problems this season, but even last season, he also had some injury problems. But uh, Spalletti was able to handle that. You had this guy firing, even the players coming from the bench, um, um, they were still firing the other strikers. Or what's his name? It's Italian Rasp- Raspadori. Yes, really, yeah. Yeah, they were firing last season. The Jasperi and uh, Simone. Simone's son, Simone. The two of them were still scoring even when uh, Osimia was out last season. But this season, it's... It's horrible. It's horrible for them. And they've already changed managers, but the results still remains the it's, same. So, uh, it's a big problem. So, why, why, why did they sack Spalletti? They didn't sack Spalletti. Spalletti left. Spalletti left. But I think he left because he had some... Issues with, with the owners, with the owners, yeah. Because yeah. I, how can you win league the, like previous I'm like, I'm done with this, this rubbish, I'm done with this. That's crazy, you know. Once it, it, <laughs> Italian league is, uh, it's, it's a very funny league because this man, the managers, Italian managers have pride though. Hmm. Italian managers have pride and they they are not they are more they are not like uh I would say they don't like money but once they sense that something is wrong they leave like I'm, had, I'm, yeah yeah Conte won the league and left mm-hmm. you understand it's not like we stacked Conte he left and he was jobless the sports got him you understand Spalletti left before he was jobless to the Italian national team uh, brought him in. So, once they do these things and the president, they're having issues with the president or maybe they already had issues in the past or maybe they don't like where the, the, the club, club is going. Mm-hmm. going, they leave. And this is the problem I have with managers that come to my United. How, why is it that they don't just leave? Exactly, and, exactly. Because if, for example, I know Manchester United fans, if they manage, if Tenga tomorrow says, oh, I don't like how the club is going, leaves, then everybody knows, like, okay, now this is 100% on the Glazers. Well, on the owners, yeah. Yeah. 
there was this uh, Conte came. The only after we won the league, he told Conte there is no money. Conte said I cannot work without money. And he left. Yeah, yeah. I Why? That one. I you that. understand? He said he can't, and he left. Uh, there was this uh, best. Is it uh, Bessia? I mean Bessia, yeah. He came and yes, sir. They, yeah, they, they they signed him for six weeks. After six weeks, he left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. During preseason, because the money the players he told them to sign, they promised. Yeah, yeah, they promised him something. I know, like yeah, he didn't left. Promise. I think Spalletti. Maybe after Spalletti won the league. Of course, when you win the league with Napoli, you want to go a bit further. I think yes. that was the problem with Conte. Now I've won the league. I want to win the league and I want to go at least contest for the Champions, Champions League. League. Yeah, but for you to do that, you need to improve the squad. Probably they discuss with you the owner, and you're like, oh, we can't do anything about it. And it's okay. Yeah, well, you guys are not ambitious enough. But, but that's madness, though. Because if you have to build on your success, because as, as you are now, everybody wants to beat you. Yeah. Everybody but another thing, too, you have to understand in Italy, we don't have, the Italian clubs are broke. So, mm. they don't I, know, have I, know, I, know, I know I know people are broke. I know yeah, are broke. Italian clubs are broke. That's, that's, why people are rushing, that's why people are rushing into Super League. Yeah, Italian club. See Napoli. Napoli is the first Italian club that has come out to that. Say, ah, they are joining. They don't have one. <laughs> you understand? They put, they signed a contract with Osimhen and put a release clause. Do you know that what that release clause means? They are telling Joe Euro, come and carry this guy. Come on, guy. come and carry this guy. That's what they are doing. Come and carry this guy. Osimhen should have left. Honestly, he should have left. Yeah, no, but I feel it's, not, it's, it's better. They, it's better they put a release clause because it's not easy. You don't need to negotiate too much. Whoever has 130 million euros, Come to on, me, guys. which I feel it's a, not a bad price for Osimen based on today's market. Because yeah. 130 million euros in pounds, let me try to see, in pounds, you're talking about 112 pounds. Considering how much else he spent for Enzo and this other guy, Kaisedo, Kaisedo. last summer, spending 112 million for Osime, it's not bad. It's chicken change. It's chicken change. You understand? For when Enzo Perez and these guys are getting almost similar amount. Even Arsenal with how Arsenal has Arsenal spent 100 million on a defensive midfielder. Yes. <laughs> no, crazy. really, let's go. So if you are spending 100 million on defensive midfielders, adding 10 million on top of 100 million to get a striker that will score goals for you should not be a big deal. Yeah, it be. So Arsenal, Arsenal and uh, Chelsea, they need to look at him. They yeah, they look need at to, they need to look at it, and they, should, they shouldn't look at it like oh the money is too much. It's not much to me. It's not much in today's market. It's not mm. much. Osimhen score goals. You need the you need goals. Get pay the money and get him. Osimhen for Arsenal based on Arsenal's team right now. Arsenal don't even need to buy two three players. Just get to Osimhen and just yeah and just close close shop. And close shop. That's what they need. They need the striker or all, all that experiment with Jesus. Zero. Jesus has came out. He came out to say he's not a striker. He came out to say that he's not a striker. He doesn't When your striker oh, is telling you that one, then you need means you need to go back. You know, you should have seen me and a few of my friends like last I told them if Jesus scores 15 goals, it means Arsenal will win the league convincingly because it only means that Arsenal have been very, very good that season. Jesus cannot yeah. give me 15 goals. Cannot. He came out to say he's not a goal scorer. Anyways, let, let's let's talk about Super League. So, what's the updates? What's going on? Ah, the Super League now is a very funny scenario because it came out. The, the situation came out uh, twenty twenty one. UEFA attacked it, and many of the clubs who agreed in the first place retracted. But one thing I still don't understand about the Super League is the clubs that agreed in the first place 
was it they retracted due to the pressure from the fans or the I don't want to believe it was the fans that made all of the retract. I feel there was some behind the scene, um, maybe like blackmail from Europe, UEFA. <laughs> no, really. From UEFA. Because if you're talking about fans, Manchester United fans have been protesting about the Glazers since and nobody gives a shit about you. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me it's because my United fans don't like I never screaming, that's why my United stopped. Like, no. And it was not just only Manchester, almost all the clubs in England, in in in, in Italy. Italy yeah. So it's more like something happened behind the scene, which we are not aware of. No, the clubs that are remaining were Juventus, uh, Barcelona, Madrid, uh, and Madrid. Now this one thing you have, you should understand about these three clubs, they have very big uh, reputation. Number one, number two, they have like the president of these clubs are that they, they have like very elite presidents. Mm-hmm. Like I don't use what worship, but people look up to. Yeah. So yeah, whatever blackmail that happened to that place, I don't think it's gonna work for these these guys. So they went back and tried. First thing they tried to do was to take it to court to make sure that they can create a competition that is legal for them to create a competition without any form of oh we are going to ban you and this. And the court ruling today says yes, you have the right to create a competition. There should not be monopoly to so it must be UEFA, which they've established today. Now uh, the you the. UEFA is coming out to say, okay, whatever the court case decision means doesn't mix Super League, uh, doesn't make Super League uh, a tangible project, right? Mm. So, what I say, like, the Super League is not uh, fair, Super League has uh, it's closed, like, it's not inclusive of all, it's not fair, and all those things. And they'll be trying to make changes to the competition requirement to make sure that it's a bit fair with the new new uh, stuff that came out today. So, okay, all clubs are going to be involved based on your league standing and everything. But I still see some clubs coming out. Even Inter Milan came out with like, oh, they want to still focus on the UEFA, which, like I said, there is something, and all the clubs are coming out giving uh, uh, Twitter uh messages to their fans and to the public and reason why i don't know because mm. the clubs they have any reasons to do that but they are coming so it's more like maybe uefa are telling clubs like those are for that's for us go and make statement now you understand mm. but the, the the thing is the project the most important thing is legally whatever they are doing is right they yeah it's now they've established that now, UEFA is saying they are not going to involve anything they want to do. Which do. do. Mm-hmm. So, now, the ball is now left for the organizers of the Super League to convince this club that are already taking their stand with UEFA to dish UEFA and move to the Super League. So, are you saying, are you saying those clubs are going to leave UEFA? Now I can't I can't say yes, I can't say no. Because to be honest, any club that already you know why I say I can't say yes, I can't say no. Football now is business. Mm. 
this club club owners, ninety percent of club owners are there for the profit now. Nobody hundred percent for the passion. Mm. Now, whatever reason that made them agree in the first place, right? Maybe see what I'm thinking. Whatever reason that made them agree in the first place, that even when the situation was not uh more was not uh uh fair. In the first place, and withdrew maybe due to yeah, UFA. I think UFA actually uh, told them that they would disqualify them and all those things. So, you know, they're like, oh, mm, let's not go here and do not disqualify us, I will lose on both sides. But now that they've established the legal part, I feel like it might be still be difficult to convince all the clubs back. But if, if the Super League still goes on with the amount of the, some clubs and it starts like the first edition. With time, other clubs might we'll join. Mm. joining, especially after the first competition. They see how it works. It's like okay, whatever revenue that comes in, the money is being shared properly. There's no like twenty percent. The way UEFA is doing it is more transparent. Maybe that might convince. So other clubs. so me so I have I have two things to say. First thing, the reason why I feel like Super League will go ahead is because I, I know I said it at, at, begin, at the beginning of the show. The associations, the UEFA, FIFA, uh, PFE, uh-huh. uh, they are just their associations. It's freedom of association. You can decide to be part of anything you want to. Yeah. Anything you want to be. It's freedom of association. In fact, at some point, uh, was it Marcel that was like trying to get out of um, their league, Ligon? I don't know. I don't know. Is it Marcel or Monaco? Monaco, yeah. Monaco, yeah. You're yeah, trying yeah. to get away from. So it's the freedom of association. So I guess that's why that really came out. Be like, you can assist with anybody you want. And that's thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is, I don't know how confident I am in anything that Madrid and Barcelona are spearheading. For the mere fact, for the mere fact that these two guys have been able to strangle the other league uh, members of their own league, the close of their own their own league. So. Um, how confident would I be to say, okay, if we make 100 million, we're going to share this equally? Do you, get, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you are already taking the huge chunk of the revenue that Lali guys making, just these two guys. And I don't know. I don't know how confident I am to say, okay, whatever uh, these I, guys I, I are think, thinking, I, I want think, to join them. I don't think they are, spear, I don't think they are the ones spearheading it. I think there's also another committee because the people that are actually in charge of this thing, I feel they are foreign investors who want and, to and monetize regardless. Yeah. So regardless of how you look at now, it. No, I feel like these clubs, this Real Madrid, Barcelona, are more into this because they need the money. Right? Yes. Not yes. because they are spared, they need the money. And but but uh, but, but they're the loudest. Yeah, but I'll tell you, yeah, of course, I'll tell you something. Yeah. Perez said something. He said, "What the money Real Madrid is generating for the Champions League, and what they are getting from the Champions League is peanuts compared to what they feel Real Madrid, the what they generating for Champions League." And I think that's where the problem is. Barcelona also feels the same because Barcelona. these are clubs. Yeah, these are clubs. Well, like, that's nice. They might not be playing well now, but they have a very large fan base. Yeah, but they are, even with their large fan base, even the way they are scamming other clubs in their La Liga, they are still very, very bankrupt. So what are we saying? You are still bankrupt is bankrupt has more to do with expenditure. Yes, right? now now 
now we are not talking about the expenditure. We are talking about income. They feel they can get more money than what they are getting right now with the Super League. They feel they have the farm bees, and with the farm bees they have, they should be able to get more money. Because I was, who I was there explain, I wrote something like, how is it possible that a championship uh, playoff is getting more money than Champions League finalists? Like it doesn't make sense. So there's a problem. There's a marketing problem somewhere. What, what about what about if it's more games? I told about that before. More games, like how? There are more games in championship than Champions no, League. I'm not talking about championship. I'm talking about playoff. Oh, playoff. Okay. You know how much the playoff people get? Playoff. That's normal playoff between third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. When they, I believe third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, I think, yeah. When yeah but, do, but, but, but it's accumulation of all the games they've played, though. It's no, the same. They'll, tell you, they'll tell you the winner of the playoff gets 120 million pounds. Yeah, yeah, no. So what I'm saying is, it's the same, it's the same body that's sharing that money, giving them that money. They've played over 30 games. So it's accumulation of all those things that now come to say, okay, this is how much I'm going to win for this. So you're playing lesser games in Champions League, correct? Mm-hmm. And if you are playing, if we are, we are going by the amount of people that come to the stadium versus the amount of people that come for Champions League. Okay. Times, you know, like if you say 40,000 40, people go for, for one game times 32 games versus 40 times, say, six games. So obviously, I mean, going by that, six games versus 30,000 games, I mean, the math is supposed to be a math thing. But I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. They should make more money. I get, I, I 100% understand. But yeah. my problem is, uh, I'm suspecting those two people. I don't, I don't trust okay. them. Because I was reading something about it. The financial, is because you know that playoff thing, it's, it's not in Premier League. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's just something they created in Champions in Championship to make it a bit more exciting. Yeah. According to what I'm saying, they call it the, is the richest game in football. Oh, yeah. As of the moment. Yeah! The championship playoff. You can go read about it later. Much of the money is from... So, it doesn't have to do with whatever money they win. This is like an extra money. Role. So, how are they making the money? This is what I'm reading now. It says, much of this money comes from TV rights, sponsorship deals, and Premier League promotion bonuses. And so, it's the same thing now. It's so, the same depend- thing. It's de- see, depending on the non-TV agreement, the playoff winner gets a prize money of approximately between £135 million to £265 million. Hmm. The Champions League winner itself gets a prize money of £100 million, depending on the sponsorship deals. So, with so much difference in the amount for the Champions League winner and the Champions League playoff winner, that's why they call it the richest game in football. Hmm. I see. Now, how do they even do okay? But everything is still coming from TV rights and everything. So it's, yeah. it's that you can't tell me that championship playoff have more that viewership. People are paying mm. more money for that than championship mm. final. It's not possible. Mm. So there are some monies that are getting to European, European, the UEFA, which they are not permitting to the teams. Uh, okay. So the question is, there's a bad adage I love really well. Mm-hmm. You say, who is crying behind the masquerade? Is human being. Why yeah. can't they? Them, their association, their members of their UEFA. Why can't they say UEFA? Yeah, come, let's talk. Why I think they've you... tried to. I think they've tried to. I think yeah, I saw something like they've tried to. They've tried to, and but, it didn't work out. But it didn't work out. So uh, 
and these guys, you know, arrogance start coming. And mm. you saw what Perez is saying. I said, you don't, you miss a big man. He doesn't need to beg any person. <laughs> you understand? I mean, you, you have, have to negotiate. You, you, have, you have to. You have to. Now you now have a clash between. You're not having clashes between uh, uh, presidents. You understand? Because mm-hmm. I think Barcelona president came out, and there was one president who came out also and said, "UEFA is not fair." That's a lot of clubs. Now you're seeing, you're talking about people talk about uh, being fair. Well, you have clubs that are being owned by Arab states, sponsored mm, mm. by Arab states, and they come and everybody just close like. Giruna. We were talking about. <laughs> we were talking about PSG. We know about that. Oh, but I mean now, now Giruna is knocking on their door. Like okay. And PSG president replied with another shot at Perez. Like Perez is making it's, it's, it's very ironic that Perez is making a statement about Super League with the Champions League Real Madrid have won as his background. Because he stood in front of their trophy room. Oh, I see, I see. You understand? As background. And you're talking about Super League. <laughs> so, Perez is saying the money, the, the league is not fair. The money they are getting is not the amount of money. UEFA are siphoning some money. That they feel they can generate. To be honest, I think Real Madrid can generate more than 100 million pounds doing all these Super League things. They can. They mm. have the fan base. Yeah, but, but you still need other clubs to... Like, and that's why you see... You cannot be, you cannot be standing alone. You cannot be so you cannot be standing alone. You cannot do that alone. You still need the support of other clubs to, to achieve that. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's I think now they have between now and twenty twenty five to how to lobby to lobby. That's the right word. Mm. Lobby. But anyways, I, I, honestly, if I'm if I'm say for example, if I'm Manchester City or if I'm maybe Liverpool or United, I'll tell them until you people divide your your what's it called your TV rights equally. Or at least make it make sense, then we will not have Super League. Because honestly, who will say in the future they will not put some clause in it and say, okay, because we're the founding fathers, we should be getting a certain amount of money ahead of people that are just joined or ahead of people that, you know, are just coming in. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, one thing with, you have, if you go and read, because uh, I read a lot of stuff, yeah. If you read if this UEFA, it was somebody, all this is that, you know, before there was no UEFA. Yeah, 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 yeah. You understand? Somebody wake up one morning and say, oh, let's do UEFA. Wait, wait, was it not Madrid or somebody? It was a Benaboa, Santiago Benaboa. Yeah. The UEFA. You yeah. understand? Before, you don't have, even Premier League, it was not Premier League before. It wasn't, yeah. It wasn't. You understand? So, one thing in football is change. There's no all these things. I can even tell you that maybe in the next 20 years, you might not even have Champions League again. Mm, you mm. understand? If you go and look history, we used to have European Super Cup, European Cup, not UEFA Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel now these guys are saying, okay, that whole system is done. We need changes. Of course, changes, there's always going to be resistance. But I think it, it might not work out now. But I think maybe in the next five, ten years, mm. when, it might actually work out. A lot of things might still happen between now and then, and people will look at it like, okay, you well, know what? Let's go with this. Well, on that note, we'll, we'll see. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. But as I said, I don't, I don't trust anything that uh, Madrid and Barcelona are excited to, to get in their hands into. I don't trust. I don't trust them. Anyways, so on this last leg of the show, we would start by predicting the games in this next game. Um, yeah. Game round, uh, game week. So we yeah. had we had one already. Crystal Palace Brighton, which is one one. 
Um, then Aston Villa Sheffield, who do you think is gonna win the game? Uh, what's, this, what's your prediction? This 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 is very easy. Of course, Aston Villa is gonna win at home. Uh, yeah. Aston Villa, Aston Villa at home form. They don't even draw. They win. They win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'll pick Aston Villa. Uh, ah, yeah. mm, so this early game, 7.30 Eastern <laughs> time. I have to wake up early for this game. West Ham United. <sighs> uh, to, to be honest, it's very difficult for me <laughs> to predict this game. Uh, but if I'm going to predict the game based on previous encounters... Encounters, yeah. Uh, Based on previous encounter and based on Western format, I think I'll give Western a win. I, I'm going to pick United. It's going to be a very crazy 2 1 win. Ah, okay. I think Western. Western 2 1. Yeah. Fulham Burnley. Fulham Burnley. Fulham is going to win. Easy, easy for Fulham. 3 0. Because Fulham <laughs> yeah. have this way of I don't know they've been trying to pick some form recently. No, they they pick form. They've they've been playing this good football. Yeah, good football recently. Yeah, yeah. especially at home. Yeah, and they have been as you said, like they just go attack you. Yeah, uh, you. Luton Town Newcastle. I don't know if that game will go on, but yeah, Luton Town Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle have a lot of injury problems. Like a lot. Newcastle away form is terrible. Yes. I I'm, I'm going for a draw. Yeah, but I guess Luton Town. I'm back yeah, at Luton Lut- Town at home. Because, have you seen that their stadium? Yes, yes, yeah, small. I know, it's I know, small. It's small. Yeah, yeah. It's, I know. Uh, but they they shook you there. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I, I was I say draw too. So they postponed mm-hmm. City's game against Brentford yeah. because City's playing club World World Cup, Cup, so, Yeah, yeah. So Nottingham Forest, Beaumont. Uh before the sack, I would have gone for Bournemouth to win. You understand? Mm. Like, but you know this new. I still feel like there might be a new manager bounce, and maybe Nottingham might pull off something. So you're picking Nottingham. They, they have it. They have a new. Yeah, they have a new manager right now. Yeah, I'm giving no, no. Nottingham two two one. Espirito, nah, yeah. Bournemouth. I'm picking Bournemouth. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care about that manager bounce. Um, sports Everton. <laughs> very tough game. Very tough very, game. That's a very, very that's a game. Tough. I would love to watch. Now this game, uh, sports are losing Ubisuma red card. Oh, yes, yes. Is it his red card? Yeah, red card. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, okay. They are also Sorry. losing Udogie. Udogie. Yes. Combination of yellow cards. Yellow card. cards. Yeah. They still have injury problems. <laughs> right Sorry now. Uh, Everton, they are on a they very have, I, level. Think, I think they banned the points deduction to them to another, like it's like yes. they're fighting against the disparities, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, that kind of thing, like you feel like everybody's against you, and yeah, it kind of motivates them. I give Everton win, very very difficult thing to play right into especially the way they are playing right now yeah, yeah. but I, i'm surprised if they lose but i'll pick everton win it max yes. the lowest they can get for that game is a draw yes That's, but i'll pick everton win uh liverpool arsenal <sighs> you know before before the 
Man United game, I would have picked Liverpool to win. Mm. But after watching the Liverpool Man United, I feel like Liverpool are not that strong this season, especially yeah. at their midfield. Mm. But because because many of their games they they concede and they fight back. So if they allow Arsenal to score, Arsenal, I don't expect Arsenal to be like uh, the Crystal Palace or the Luton West Ham mm-hmm. that will bring you allow you to come back. You understand? And also the played midweek and everything. And Arsenal need to win this game to need to win this game to cement their stay at the top over Christmas. Yes, because you know that psychology of yeah up at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. But Liverpool is at home. It's Anfield. Anfield is Anfield. So because of that, I'll give it a draw. A two-two draw. Two-two draw. I feel like Arsenal can win this game. I feel like Arsenal I can think win this game. so, but I feel like Arsenal can win this Anfield. game. I'm still giving that Anfield benefit of doubt. Yeah, I feel like Arsenal can win this game. So I'll Why pick. I'll pick Arsenal. I'll pick Arsenal. I'm surprised. I'll pick Arsenal. Even yeah. though I don't want them to win, I don't like Arsenal. I don't like Liverpool. But why? Why it is two-two draw? Because it draws. keeps Arsenal. Top of at Christmas, mm. so Arsenal might want to play for a draw, mm. and sometimes when you are playing for a draw, you might not even get, you might just get the draw, you know. Yeah. Exactly. So the last game, Wolves Chelsea. Ah, Chelsea, Chelsea. This <laughs> I don't. I, to be honest, I really don't. Okay, I think I might give Chelsea a win just because of one factor. Nkuku, Nkuku, yeah. Yeah, that, that guy is that guy is, is a demon, man. Yeah, it's a demon. This, this is penalty. Yeah, if Kuku continue the form he had, yeah, Chelsea is different because I think that's the only Chelsea Chelsea attack is the only problem they have right now. Yes, yes, yes. You cannot so score them, and they and they will you know, they you, you, you solve that problem with Unkuku. And I noticed something the moment Unkuku came back, this guy reverted to his precision uh, formation of three five two. Yes, yes, yes. So it means that that initially was what he wanted to play. And whatever they are playing now is just because of injuries. Injuries, yeah. So if you can get the players back to this initial 3-5-2 and maybe they are used to that already and Nkuku start playing, uh, Chelsea might be difficult in the second half yeah. to play against, yeah. yeah. I'll pick Chelsea too. <laughs> to me, personally, so I want to say something. I, I don't know why many clubs are not work, uh, adopting that formation 3-5. It's very difficult Formation to play against. Yeah, but the question is, no, that's a very good question and a good observation. But the issue is, when you've been trained and taught football a certain way, you would find it difficult to adapt. And managers in top clubs don't want to be waiting to teach people how to play football from the beginning again in classroom. You get, yeah. You remember when, when we had when we had uh, uh, LVG when Smalling and his partner Jose on a stand. Three at the back. Was it by one of those people? So yeah, I I I understand it's for balance, but sometimes 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 you know why you know why you know why because we Inter Milan we play that three five two sometimes three five two three four three but that three at the back. You know why it's it's a very funny it's a very uh, good formation. I'll tell you why. How many clubs can undo that formation? It gives this when you're attacking, it's easy for you to be very it depends on the quality of your players, of course. But when you are attacking, you get this numerical uh advantage. You know why I was speaking about Inzaghi, vertical mm-hmm. football, numerical. You get this numerical advantage 
But the formation relies on how good your wing backs are. Ah, yes. Now you don't need your midfielders to be the best. You just need if your wing backs are good, you you, you have your if your wing backs are good and your attackers are good, you're good. Now we talked earlier issue we talked about a manager Alonso. That's the formation in place. Mm. Who are his wing back? Freepong, Grimado. These are two attacking wing backs that are very, very crazy when they attack. So the formation is a very good formation because you get that numerical uh, advantage. Mm-hmm. When your wing backs are attacking plus two strikers attacking, you are not giving 4 4. Four, I don't think any four center back want to face four attacking players. No, you don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to. Especially in, in, when you are trans, uh, transitioning from defense uh, to, attack. to attack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this so, is where this is where the formation is very good. So speaking of uh, wing backs, I think one of the best wing backs I've ever seen that has been able to translate that position very well and been able to do, do like what the manager wants and won trophy. Victor Moses. Yes. Victor Moses, like, he's one of those players yeah, I like. Yeah, I respect this guy. And I couldn't tell, like, he translated yeah. the, the rules yeah. very well. Anyways, um, well, we've come to the end of the show. Thank you for, for staying yeah. up and thank you for joining me on this very, yeah. very exciting episode. We've spoken yeah. about Super League, which is, which, which I still believe that, I mean, people like me, people like me will be, will be out there. A lot of people like me will have the skepticism of, not trusting anything about G that Barcelona are, are excited to be part of because I don't trust those people. Don't trust yeah, them at it's all. understandable. It's understandable. Trust them. When it comes to money, I don't trust them. Anyways, <laughs> thank you. And hopefully, we would we'll have you come back on the show. And, oh, no problem. And to our fans out there, to our listeners out there, thank you for sticking with us to this point. It's, it's, a, it's a long episode because we've had a lot to talk about and we've been able to, like, we just try to manage and, you know, we had to like, you know, manage the time, but would would have him come back and speak more on some of the topics that we spoke about today. Uh, on that note, keep supporting United. Uh, if if you have the time, extra time to watch poverty football, not poverty football, but poverty in terms of like poor, poor, uh, <laughs> poor league. You can watch it. Yeah, you can watch it. That <laughs> they don't have money. There. I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, it's a poor league. That's actually interesting. No, 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 no. I'm saying in terms of money, not like. Play. Okay, yeah, we might not have the money to buy players, but trust <laughs> me, when, when these Serie teams are doing good in Europe, and even with our poverty, <laughs> I think I think what for the money part we don't have, we we kind of. Complement it with good tactical yeah. uh, uh, abilities. Um, the managers mm. are very, very tactically good. Yeah, so mm. they, even with, I wouldn't want to use what average player with decent players, they can create a proper team that can worry any team in Europe. Mm. So there is this advice for you if you want to yeah. watch Syria, yeah, but they are poor. They so don't if you want to, there. if you want to enjoy tactical battles and all this, no Syria, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for coming to the show. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, we'll get you back. Okay, no problem. All right, yeah, peace. Yeah, ciao.